Hey, welcome to the Road and Morale podcast. Did you ever feel like screaming out in the office on Zoom or outside the school gate? For the love of God, come on, really? And if this is you and you're looking for an honest, fun and frank podcast on life and business, then sit back and listen to me, Rona Morrell. I'll be bringing great people on the show to talk, share and debate their life experiences and business challenges. Keeping the show unpolished, but with a fun and unique British style. With sarcasm, tenacity, or maybe a few swear words or tears. This podcast keeps it real, honest, raw, and removes the bullshit in the only way I know how. Through authenticity and getting shit done. Think of it less like the Housewives of New York or Towie with the lipo and drama, and more like the house lives of the real world. I hope you'll take something away to be better informed, laugh, smile, or maybe even finally get in the confidence to shout, come on, really. So enjoy. Hi, Alana and Pamela. Thank you so much for joining me today. and Welcome to the Road and Rail podcast. How are you? Good, very good. Thank you for having us. Oh, you're most welcome. Um, just so for the listeners out there, we've got the fabulous Pamela who's in Seattle and Alana in California, and uh, I am still stuck here in the UK. Um, but I'm delighted to have both the ladies on with me today. And firstly, I'll introduce Alana. So Alana and I first met through her husband, um, Dean, um, and <laughs> Clearly, Alana is the kind of brains behind the outfit with, with Dean as well. Um, but we'll come on to talk about the, the crazy and diverse career that, that Alana has had. She's a mum of two, two beautiful children. Um, and her career spans from property developing, um, planning adventures, charity foundations, a coach, a speaker. Um, and you've also been a security specialist. And to top all of that off, you also won Miss Scotland. Um, so I know that your charity foundation that you set up in 2018 has raised over a million dollars. Is that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Incredible. And, and, and most of that money has gone towards um, human traffic and uh, mental health awareness. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So our original um, objectives were all based around mental health. And then we added human trafficking into it as, as human trafficking was always my main passion but the mental health was something that was quite important at the time when we started so we, we went from mental health to but to be honest they both they both combine with each other you know we, we, we you know you can see quickly that there's a correlation between mental health issues and abuse so it's it's yeah exactly and so I know in terms of your career you know you've you've also been in debt collection you've been a bank manager you've been a bodyguard you've been the first female ship security is that right so you were literally fighting piracy well, <laughs> how actually, does that career happen um well I, I started work really young so I was 11 when I got my first job and then my my mum unfortunately passed away when I was when I was very young so the actual burden of of looking after the house was was quite quick so but I was always very, very keen to find a quicker way to earn or, you know, the, the kind of entrepreneurial bit was definitely there. So it was 13 when I applied for a job. Um, I actually didn't apply for the job. My brother wanted a job in telesales, but he was too scared to phone to ask. <laughs> I phoned for him and then the lady said, you know, would you like a job as well? So I ended up working with them and it was commission only. So by sort of 14, 14 years old, I was earning about 350 a week, just wow. doing tele sales. So it was, a, it was a good 
income and then obviously when mum passed away we had you know the three of us to look to look after so that kind of helped help bear on learning a bit about various industries so it went from telesales and then catering was just because I got moved away with my my, my little brother um, so hotels was the easiest thing to get into but again always trying to work my way up I was um, I was a bar manager before I turned 18 which was you know I couldn't, I couldn't drink but I couldn't manage the bar. Um, so yeah it was it was like MBQs and things so it was just it, it was constantly trying to push the career ladder but I always had the, the other side of me which was the travel bug and wanting to see the world and see the things that, that, that go on in the world and I'm kind of one of those people that sees bad things and wants to do something to, to change it. So yeah. whether it was, you know, I remember researching the Ku Klux Klan when I was about 12 years old and was like, right, I'm going to end racism. <laughs> it's just one of those things that, that I was constantly, constantly doing. And then, yeah, um, the, the debt collecting just came off the back of working in a finance company and then they opened up a new division. Uh, there was this very macho attitude towards debt, collect, debt collecting at the time. And I would go in and I would speak to the, the clients and, you know, they were, they were going through a bad enough time as it was. They didn't need somebody bullying their way into the house. Yeah. And so we would just find new ways of making them, making them pay their debts. And, and my approach worked a lot better than the, the, the kind of bully tactics. Um, yeah. And then I, I went into banking straight after that. So I was 25 when I applied for the bank manager job, absolutely zero experience whatsoever, but had a good interview in it and it worked. And then when I met Dean, um, he, he said, you know, it's great that you're a bank manager, but is this what you want to do? I said, well, actually, no, I want to be a spy. That's what I want to do. So the next day he had the application for MI6 on my desk and he was like, right, my friend's going to look at it for you. So, so apply. Um, so we, we went through that, but I didn't I didn't get in. It got to the family history stage, so I don't know what what's in my family history, but something stopped me oh, getting on. <laughs> um, yeah. So so Dean said, well we'll just do it we'll do it ourselves then we'll, we'll go we'll go private and we we done the bodyguarding course and the reason kind of behind that was all around human trafficking as well that mm. I was hearing about it was the the Haiti disaster had happened and I had a friend who was trying to go in and rescue the orphanages there where traffickers were going in 18 months old to five years old just taking them out of the orphanages for trafficking um but every time she tried to go in and rescue you know she had the price in her head she couldn't do it so but trying to get security to help her was just impossible because everybody wanted ridiculous amounts of money which she couldn't afford so I said to Dean one day I want to be able to go in and help her without her needing to pay you know so we we, we trained in that and that's how that whole side of our life came about and then I'm sure Dean's told you everything else there so wow well that's incredible thank you Alana and, I, and I'm gonna now introduce the fabulous Pamela um actually this is the first time we've met but mutually obviously through through Alana and we'll come on to talk later about the amazing stuff that you ladies are doing but there is a slight common theme with you guys in terms of your you know, you know, kind of the way you look at things and and um, I know with the human trafficking as well. So Pamela, I know you were born in Canada, um, again, a military wife, and you've got three beautiful children as well. Um, it always amazing. I've got two kids and how, when I look at the list of things that you both do, how, how we all juggle it, you know, I guess at the end of the day. But um, you, I know, have founded several small businesses um, over the years and you were actually born with a cleft lip. So 
as somebody who's been through that, you are still a massive advocator of, obviously, of um, small trade, um, which was new to me. So obviously, I've had a quick nosy about that and had a look at that. And also a huge passion about ending um, human trafficking as well. So there's, there's that kind of bond between you. And I know in 2018 that uh, for the benefit and the purpose of empowering women and, and within the military, you set up the Wellness and Wisdom um, uh, program. And also now you're publishing, is that right? That is right, yes. I turned um, it into a, pub a magazine this year, so. And was that due to COVID or? It, it was, so uh, since 2018, I was actually doing the summits in person. So when it came to 2020, my original plan was actually to pick up the summit and go across the country so that I could reach more women of the military. Um, so when COVID hit, I transformed it into a virtual summit. And then when that was over, it just, it was just eating at me because I felt like it's almost like it's just dissolving and how am I going to stay connected to all these women? So within six weeks, I had my, I developed this magazine and launched my first wellness and wisdom magazine. So now I have three under my belt and I use it to highlight women around the world. Amazing. Well, congratulations. And what I'd love to talk about today is, and, and really hand over to you guys, is how the pair of you have kind of come together and you've created this new world of wonders, uh, women do wonders. So please take us through what, you know, where the idea came about, what it's about, and, um, and more about that kind of um, philanthropy that you have in your lives and empowering women. Okay. I'll take this one. Okay. Um, well, I originally was connected to Alana through a woman that I had uh, met on LinkedIn. I love that platform, probably my favorite, um, but connected with her and she introduced me to Alana and I reached out to her because I was interested in featuring her in Wellness and Wisdom. So when we originally spoke, um, you know, we had just, we just found that we had a lot in common. Um, I was amazed by all the incredible things that she has done. So I was excited to highlight her for one. Uh, and then we started realizing we just have this mutual passion for, for women and children. And, uh, and what I've done actually in my magazine is create Women Who Do Wonders. So that's how Women Who Do Wonders actually came about was I was highlighting all of these women who do wonders and, and under the umbrella of wellness and wisdom. So as we started talking and I was explaining to her too about my cleft lip and growing up, you know, low self-esteem, growing up with mm. scars. And um, I know um, Alana, I know she's talked a little bit about some of her uh, scars when she was young and we kind of connected on that, you know, on that sort of the, the scar angle level. and growing up mm. that way, you know, and um, I was just very drawn to her. And, uh, and then as we started connecting a little bit more, you know, it just, it just felt right. You know, I said, if there was anybody that I've ever met that I wanted to collaborate with and do something to empower women, it's this woman. And we've never met in person. We've only met over virtually, well, because of COVID. I and, love that. Um, yeah, but we just knew, I, I knew, I knew that um, she, she was the one, <laughs> as they say, you know, um, she was, and she's my woman who do wonders in my magazine. So it just, it, everything just fell together perfectly. So when I uh, had said, you know, the idea that I have about women who do wonders international, so this is the idea I have. And 
this is what I want to do. And then Alana, she sent me some information back and she said, Pam, you know, two years ago, I wanted to create this organization. And then she sent me the name and the logo and how it looked. And it was eerily almost identical to what I had. So we, we both got goosebumps and said, there's something here. Um, and then on top of that, I'm going a little bit deep here on, on our relationship, but um, my, maiden name, <laughs> my maiden name is, uh, we say McKay, but it's Mackay, okay? Um, and we're from Scotland, so, but my family lives in Nova Scotia and New Brunswick, Canada. And then we came to find out that Alana's mother, uh, maternal side is McKay. So I am convinced, we don't know for sure, but I'm, I am just convinced that we're somehow wow. just, <laughs> so that's how my connection to Alana came about, where I just felt like this, if there was going to, if there was anybody I was going to partner with in my life, it was going to be this woman. And then when those sort of little trickles of the story start to c- kind of connect, it's like, it is absolutely meant to be. And I, we, we need to go and do some like digging on ancestry.com or something. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> Wow. So Alana, I mean, from your perspective, um, going through that kind of transition and journey, meeting Pamela, what, what, what was it like for you and, and that connection? Yeah, well, I think um, when I first spoke to Pamela, I think, it, as you said, it was instant. It was really like a lot, so much of the, the conversation. It was easy. It was, you know, it's like, it's, it's like a dating site, isn't it? Um, but we, we just, we did, we just, we just clicked and, it was quick to realize there was this this similar understanding of what we wanted to do at the, at the time when we first spoke it was it was about the magazine and there was there was definitely this, this pool about womanhood um then i think i decided i think I, I can't remember if i decided i was going to move to the states or not at that point i can't remember but we were in that transition period and most of my work and most of my daily life is either around really heavily male-focused environments or, or charity work. The, the work with charity is my, obviously what I love to do. It's, it's the kind of passion, but I do still have that, that I guess, entrepreneurial spirit yeah. to, to make money as well. Um, so when this idea of being able to combine both came, I really found that during lockdown, so many of the people I spoke to, I mean, you've seen it on the, the S Connect groups and the various things that it's not just good enough just to go out there and make money anymore. You, you, if you haven't got a purpose and you're not helping people, then you're not you're not fulfilling your your your, your mm. life. Um, and I feel that more and more people are realizing that that it's not good enough just to just to make money. Um, so when the kind of, when, when Pamela explained fully what she was what she was thinking of and I thought well I could help here I've got networks I've got ideas of myself to combine what I was thinking of before you know adding in things like the the, the summits and awards that will come in the, in the future um but but really teaching people for whatever reason that they want to give back how and where and and when to do it because yeah. a lot of people I mean the number of people that I spoke to that that want to have a purpose because you know if you've ever had stages of your life when you don't have a purpose it's a really dark time and because a person does need it and they just don't know how to go about it they don't know how to do it when I done Mrs World uh, there's there's this thing when you do a pageant that you've got to do some sort of charity involved with your your pageant now so for me I got into pageant because I felt it would be a good way to highlight the the trafficking 
and I really felt that a group of women that, that was described to me, I thought this would be a really good way to start opening doors into connecting people. But I couldn't believe how many people got into charity because they were doing pageantry, that they, they actually got into the pageantry and then had to try and find a charity because they actually weren't doing any cause or they weren't focused on yeah. So I feel like there's there's many reasons people do it. It could be because it's really at your heart, really at your passion. You know, you know, you do you do your work as well. So you know when you've got passion mm. for something, that's it's so important. But for the other people who just need that finding, we're here for them, that group as well, which I liked. I liked that um I understand that, you know, a, a really amazing woman once said to me that, you know, if everybody was like you, Alana, there wouldn't, you know, the, the world wouldn't run. Everybody has to be different and you have to understand that people are gonna yeah. react different ways um so I, I figured that a platform like this it was it was something I'd never I'd never seen or heard of before there's plenty of women's groups there's plenty of places you can go to um make donations or whatever um there's plenty of you know mothers meeting type groups but there's nothing that combines everything and actually gives action that you can you can take from it um I love yeah do master classes I love that we could do um you know and the fact that that the, the group as well is going to give back to causes within the group is, is amazing too yeah and I think it's interesting because you know I remember going on a it was a a, a training course back and I, and I always remember that the the pinnacle part of trying to find that career with purpose was always finding something what do you love what's your purpose and then finding a job that closely matches that and probably for me, the last 15, 20 years was always that battle between I want to do good. I want to go and, you know, be it be a charity or a foundation, but there was never any real money in it. And so I kind of ended up going off on this career doing different things. And it just really started to grate me that it was a why can't I earn decent money doing something better and why should I feel guilty necessarily about wanting to earn money? So that's always, <clears throat> excuse me, that's always been the blocker and the frustration for me. So what I do with the Prince's Trust now and what I do with the, the climate change programme is still obviously voluntary and it's unpaid, but I want to do it because it's important to me. So like you, I'm probably still trying to find that sweet spot where I can drive that purpose and be super happy and and, and proud for my girls well that's what I'm trying to show women as well because before I knew the term you know sort of the pay it forward business model I was doing it way back when so I'm talking my first uh, entrepreneurial experience was 15 years ago and that uh, you know, I was making products out of my kitchen. I lived in Kuwait for a decade. So I was, I used to make uh, skin and body products out of my kitchen. Um, but I always took money from that and I put it towards a charity or something I was supporting at that time. So even if your business isn't surrounded by the mission you want, you can still have a mission behind your business and create your business as a pay it forward. Mm. So what I wanted also for Women Who Do Wonders International, although it's a member-based platform, it's a for-profit business, but we're taking a percentage of our members' uh, membership fees and putting it back into our nonprofit, which we are building, and that's Mission, um, Mission Wonder Woman. So yeah. what we're doing is we're going to grow that pot so we can give back within our own community to the nonprofits and the NGOs 
that need those money, need those monies around the world to support women and children. So the point is you don't have to have a particular business that is, you know, particularly yeah. for that mission. You can have a business that is like an online marketing business, but you still have that mission behind it. So yeah. So we're just, we really want to push that whether you're in there to build your own nonprofit, you're in there to be a pay it forward business, or you're just, you know, you're a mom down the street, but you want to learn how to run a mission within your community. You know, yeah. it's all going to be within this, uh, within this space. So to help, I guess, well, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm delighted that you've launched it. And, and um, I, I guess selfishly, um, I, you know, having you guys on the podcast, I, I have become a, a member, a founding member, because I really do see um, the genuine opportunity and uh, really excited around some of those, you know, those plans. So to help the listeners, um, tell us a bit more about whether you become a founding member or not, tell us a bit more about the sorts of things that you're going to be doing next year? Well, we're already planning our first 100 conference. So that's going to be the first conference we launch. And I'm actually organizing that con conference to launch before the official app and platform launch, which is February 3rd. Um, but that's for particularly our founding 100 members. So I want our members to engage. This is in, uh, the platform we're using is very interactive. You almost feel like you're in the environment. Um, we can all chat around different tables and move from table to tables. Everyone will get their word in. We're gonna soak all of that up and take what our founding members have to say and implement that into yeah. the actual um, you, might have to put, you might have to put a few rules in if you've got 100 women all <laughs> wanting to have their say. <laughs> but you know, every, that's how you build this amazing community is when we all come together. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I, we're already planning another summit um, in September when we start gathering more members within there. We have our award ceremony, which we've already started planning. That's for November. Um, the nonprofit's going to be launching Mission Mission Wonder Women, um, and that we're planning to, you know, I'm I'm really great at getting out there and uh, not not scared to ask for funding money, and I know Alana isn't too. Um, no. But our goal is to bring in all of these NGOs from around the world so that we can feed out um, all of our resources and all the funding we have to support all of these organizations around the world. So we have a ton of stuff planned, and uh, we're already. Looking at uh, you know corporate partners and uh, nonprofit partners, so it's it's going to we're small now, but we're 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 growing, and uh, our board of advisors is growing. We have royalty on there, yeah. um, you know, sports celebrities, uh, survivors. So you know, it's women women from all walks of life. And uh, sorry, Alana, you were going to say something then? Yeah, I think we're really keen to um, to to highlight as well that the. The membership, you know, it's quite daunting. You know, Pamela introduced me to LinkedIn Premium yesterday, and I said, <laughs> you know, the price. I was like, oh, I said, what do I? Well, you know, you immediately, what do I get from it? That's the, the question yeah. that you're asking. Um, and other than the fantastic welcome box that you get, which I can't wait to get mine, um, is <laughs> the, the the ability to connect with these these different women is going to be amazing. But I also feel like. Just simple things like the master classes and the lessons that we're, we're going to do. We want to make sure that everybody that joins up for the first year is joining up for the second and third year because 
they realised that the benefits have massively outweighed the, the, the membership fee. Um, even just simple things like learning how to, to get sponsorship if you've got a non-profit, learning how to approach corporates, learning how to work CSRs, um, if you've got a business, learning how to use tax benefits for charity donations, you know, all those kind of things that we want to make sure that everybody that joins leaves with more benefits than what their cost ever comes. Uh, exactly. And, and I guess, um, I, I suppose a challenge in a way, I think one of the um, one of the things I found interesting that, that the more I've got into kind of the sustainability world, um, I, I go from bawling my eyes out to being thoroughly frustrated to just going, I, I can't cope with this. Where do I go? Where do I start? So we all stick our stake in the ground and go, OK, I'm, I'm going to support one or two things. But one of the things that I did notice and, I, and I've you know, kind of started to debate a lot is that there's a lot of people fighting for funds for very similar things. And there's a part of me that goes, how, 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 why don't we all just come together and focus on one thing or two things? How are you going to find that momentum? Um, because so many more people now, now are moving into this sustainability purpose-led business everyone's going to be wanting to do more of this now which is great but it's going to put more and more pressure on the number of people asking i think that um pam are you all right if i take this one yeah of course um my the, the collaboration was was the main thing that i loved here because um i've worked with a number of mental health charities i've worked with a number of human trafficking charities in both groups i was the outsider looking in i was i didn't have a charity at the time no my my nonprofit was set up so that I was able to fundraise for all these charities. So the first one we got involved with was the Heads Together campaign. And the princes, um, William and Harry, they decided to set this up because they had so many different areas of mental health that they didn't know where, where to go, what to do, how to, to manage it all. So they decided they would pull in this collaboration and take it from, you know, from postnatal depression to PTSD yeah. and military. And if we could pull them all into the same room, we could start learning a bit more. Now, the issue that you've often got is that there's egos involved. When egos are involved, and it's so obvious when you go into a room who the egos are and who people actually want to help. It's really, it's really funny. Um, and then there's people that just do it for a job. You know, this is their job. They're, they're running a charity because, you know, they're, they're good at business management or something. So various different reasons people are involved but when you pull everybody into the room and you can get them actually talking even just over a glass of champagne and get them chatting mm. you can start seeing that there's areas that that you know maybe one person's already been working on one person's about to start working on as you say you know in the uk what we've got two thousand military mental health charities um, yeah. you know so if, if so then when I, if I went into the, when I started the human trafficking one, it was to do the same thing, to start pulling these people into rooms and saying a lot of the time, and if I take the example of um, Hope and Homes for Children and Lumos, two charities that were set up with pretty much the exact same purpose, um, both run in very different ways. So Hope and Homes is more run grassroots. It was started by a, a couple who saw the trouble in Romanian orphanages um, they wanted to do something about it. They built up their charity. They used corporate funding to, to get there. You know, they used that method. Lumos was the same thing. J.K. Rowling seen how um, problems were happening in, in orphanages. She wanted to do something about it. So she used her, you know, her power, her funding, her money yeah. you know, 
the funding from the Fantastic Beasts and things to, to do this, this project. Um, but when it came to corporate and things, she wasn't that great with that section. And when it came to celebrities, these guys weren't that great in using that kind of endorsement. So when I brought them into the room together, this was the first time they'd ever met. And I just couldn't believe it. You're just doing the exact same things. But they both admitted there was that element of egos, I guess. You're doing the same thing that I am. But I said, yeah. well, your purpose should be the, the, the point, not whether... The end goal. Or, yeah. Um, I said, like, if you guys came together, it would be explosive because I've watched you both. I've looked at both your annual returns. These are both really far ahead in different areas. If you both work together, you could actually do so, so much more. Um, and it's just things like that. I think that if we could do, you know, there's already a number of climate change, sustainability, all these people are starting to pop up everywhere. And you're thinking it's happening again because we'll just dilute it. You need to bring them all in together. Yeah. And that's the purpose here. Yeah. When we're building um, a custom app as well. So this app is being developed. It will launch in February for all of the members. So it's very interactive. Um, you can talk to all the members in real time. There's a member area where you can build up your profile, share whatever information you want and what you don't want. Um, it'll be, it has a constant news feed. So we'll constantly be feeding the latest in all of the nonprofits that we're connected with. Our members' nonprofits information will be popping up in there. Um, and then we're trying to build in right now almost like an alert system. So when there's an NGO around the world that needs immediate assistance, that right. will pop up in an alert. So anyone that's out there, whether they're one of our corporate partners or one of our members, you know, somebody is out there that's going to give that immediate help. Yeah. So I'm really excited about that feature. Because it's also really interesting as, as, a, as an everyday person or um, individual that you tend to find a lot of people will get involved in a charity or in a cause when something bad happens. And it's kind of, how do we flip that? It's like, instead of having to go through cancer or losing your father through a heart attack or, you know, some of the more extreme, um, like human trafficking. I mean, I can't even, I don't understand that world other than what I may have seen on television, but it often feels like it's a, I'll get involved because my, my son's ill or, or whatever. It's like, you'd think by now that, we would have flipped that mindset. Yeah, um, and, and as I said, when we, so when me and Dean joined the mental health campaign, neither of us had any specific thing where we would say we've had any mental health issues. You know, we were both what we would call like strong-minded and we were both like, you know, that kind of man up kind of attitude. Um, and then when when Harry obviously asked Dean to get involved, it was kind of a no-brainer. Well, well, yeah, well, we'll do that. And um, as we started learning through the various things, you know, speaking so much with the, the postnatal depression charities, I kind of went, I might have had a bit of that. Like that similar yeah. to me, you can feel that. And then Dean learned that, you know, the anger after his injury and everything that went on there might have had a little bit there. So we, we realized actually this has affected us. And I think with the cancer charities, with climate change, with, you know, you name the charity, some way or another, you've got some sort of six degree of separation of, of it affecting you in some way. Yeah. So it doesn't have to affect you directly for you to be there to help. Um, so there's very little that I would, I, I ever 
I mean, yes, sometimes I'm much more objective. Like with human trafficking, I'll be really passionate about it. And, you know, if, I, if, I, you know, if somebody says to me, we're away to do a rescue, you know, somebody's been abusing children, whatever it might be, then, yeah, my blood boils and I'm, I'm ready yeah. to fight. Whereas if it's something that's maybe not affected me so much, I can be more objective and be more, you know, my chimp's not out. I'm, I'm more, I'm more um, human about it and I'll, I'll go in and do it in a logical way. So you can always help every sector even if it's not an issue to you yeah exactly and, and I guess um it's one of those things where you kind of wish you could just for a year just I don't know um there is no money globally we wipe out money and everything is just about that focus around being a more purposeful sustainable planet and you know what you know what if what would happen if we actually did that um and and I say it's never going to happen, but as long as there's money and greed, I, I just, it scares me, I guess. Yeah, yeah. And I think, sorry. No, no, go ahead, honey. Yeah, no, I've seen it when we, when we arrived, um, well, actually it was when I'd done the, the Mrs. World contest first and we were in Vegas and we were all drinking these bottles of water that they, they love here. Um, and after you know it was 40 women we'd been there all day so say three or four bottles of water each they were all kind of lined up in the thing i'm doing my usual help tidy up and the guy just came with his bin bag and just was just throwing everything into the bin bag and i said oh have you got a recycling place we can put this and he looked at me as if to say what what are you doing I said, <laughs> i'm thinking this is vegas a huge casino like in, in the middle of vegas that didn't do recycling at, at yeah. all and it just blew my mind but now that i've moved here i can see that you know the packaging is just unbelievable that comes in things and I think that nobody's deliberately going out of their way to try and destroy the planet I just think it's a, it's a recognition thing and as I said like with each of these different causes it's, mm. it's it is about understand like human trafficking nobody wants it to happen but some people don't realize it's even going on and that's what we discussed as well is being able to bring on I mean a lot of these female organizations, it's all about being happy. It's all about everybody. In, and that's what we're all about. But there's reality. Yes. And we need to share the reality. So how are we going to help people unless we understand it? So and that's bringing on survivors. That's bringing on, you know, these experts in the environmental sector um, to talk about all of these issues um, and coming up and partnering with these uh, corporate partners and corporate NGOs who can come on board and and talk about all of these issues. So it's an amazing, we're, what we're building is incredible. We're empowering one another, but there's also reality involved. Um, so not all the stories are going to be, you know, that happy-go-lucky story. We need to get down and dirty and- um, Good, really and, and, and that's the real, and I think that's, that's good to hear because, you know, it's, we have a choice sometimes to listen to these stories or not listen to them. You know, human trafficking is not my world. It doesn't happen in my little village in Barton. So I don't, I don't have to worry about it. But I think it's important that as, you know, your new foundation together can, can be, I think the two things that I like about it is, is the fact that there's that openness and rawness about what you will bring to the table, but also the, the actionability side. And, and, and Alana will probably know a little bit about me, you know, that it, it's very much about that. It's like, well, what can I give to the team? What can I take from the team? And actually, then let's just get on and do it, shall we? And, and most things will work and some things won't. But um, I think, you know, bringing it back to um, 
the foundation and what you guys are doing what's the kind of what's the one thing you're most looking forward to next year or the one big thing that could happen what would it be uh to you first Alana um I am probably looking forward to the fact one thing I've said to Pamela is I want I don't just want any donations or anything that we do or anything that we make kind of go to the you know paying the bills or making the teas or whatever I want to see actual real results and real real action from what we do so I guess it'll be the first the first thing that we, we actually physically see and say we we done that we made that happen yeah. um because there isn't much of a better feeling I mean um Pamela knows but last week or the week before somebody approached me about a well that had broke in um in a, in a village in, in in africa and this basically this wee orphanage is the well had been hit by lightning it had only just been built and they, oh. they lost their, their water well so we were doing some fundraising for it but i was able to luckily i was able to to put the money in myself just so they can get the well built yeah and they sent me a picture this week of them all just drinking water out of this well and it was just it was the best feeling in the world and I don't care what reason you do something you can't get a better feeling than, than seeing that you've done that so I think when we do that and collectively between us something happens and yeah. we share it that's going to be the best moment for me that this group is brought together and hopefully it'll be something huge but even if it is something little like building a well we can we can collectively share in that joy yeah no absolutely and, and actually that is that is huge because it's huge to them. So, and what about you, Pamela? Mine is exactly what Alana's saying, but I really want to see flourishing collaborations. I want people to come into this community and come back to us and say, this is exactly what we needed. And, um, and I see that, I know, I can feel it. And uh, the, the, already the collaborations we're going to be having with different organizations is going to make a huge difference. So when we all come together, what can happen is, yeah. uh, I don't know, I'm a little tongue tied because there's so many things that I want to happen, but the, the bottom line is seeing changes in the lives of our members and yeah. the, all of the uh, information and, uh, I'm losing I, my, my train of thought just went to Kuwait because I was thinking of uh, an event that I had attended last year um, and uh, and the help that we did in boots on the ground kind of thing like yeah. what Alana was saying so um, but yeah it's uh, I think just our community coming together and everybody working yeah. together as one that's I, what I want to see and I think go on Alana yeah just just to say as well that it isn't an exclusion group it isn't about women hating men that was really important to me. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, but, but what I, but what i definitely learned during lockdown was that you know you can see it, the handling of situations around the world that you know a country that's run by a woman or a country that's run by men there was very clear definition between how it was handled um, yeah. and i think it wasn't this isn't about we're bringing this group of women together to to you know burn our bras and hate men it was about bringing that powerful mind that isn't about um, egos or winning or anything like that it's just about bringing us together and using the power of women collectively to do good and the good that we do isn't just going to be focused on on women and girls you know we want to help the, the young boys of the world to to progress and be able to 
um, become amazing young men as well. And and you know, if we need to, we'll help men along the way as well. Because sometimes they need a bit of help too. But um, it is, it is focused on <laughs> it is focused on the power of womanhood, but absolutely not um, in any sort of anti-men way. No, and I think you know you you've both kind of touched on it, and I think. One of the things I always remember is when I when I went traveling after university, I had quite an experience in a, in a township in South Africa. And 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 from that as well, uh, an experience in Thailand and around kind of, you know, poverty and different ways of life. And it always, always stayed with me. And I think that fundamentally injected that that passion in my heart. And I think over the years, I can reflect and look at the things I've done. And in a way, it's kind of how can we educate boys and girls and that na- na- next generation to get that feeling that feeling of you know when I went to Uganda and you know I, I taught an English lesson and I got them some tables and chairs and they sent me photos and videos of them sitting at the desks and yeah it's such a buzz and and they and you know you keep in touch with them for years and it's stuff that really matters and it's so important empowering and impactful it's like how can this group even just just share some of those moments and stories and pass it on to children and my my friend's daughters who think I'm insane anyway but that that art of the possible and we're actually going to have that space so within the app that news section when you first enter it will have all of that area so we're going to be inviting our members to share their experience and their stories so that we can share it on the platform and everybody can see those things because without like what you're saying without visually hearing and seeing what other women are doing how can we learn about all of the, those experiences so uh, i'm excited to share all of that I as think well there is, like there's still a section of of society that does have that you know, look after your own first, you know, that, that I don't want to say selfish, but um, the, the misunderstanding about charity, but, you know, my, my, my own dad, but he won't mind me saying, he's very much, you know, it starts at home, why do you do it, why yeah. are you out there, um, you know, he would watch me working 24-hour shifts and being tired and being upset, or, um, you know, the rape crisis centre, you might hear some stories upset, you would say, well, why, are you, why are you doing that, Lana? Yeah. And as, as Pamela says, you know, if not if not me, who does? Um, if you can help someone, then you shouldn't. The feeling when you, as you say, when you actually do help someone and you don't need to share it, you don't need to put it on social media or whatever, but yeah. that inner feeling you get when you've just changed someone or made somebody that bit happier or that bit, that bit better, it's just, you can't beat it. There's no drug in the world that could compare to that feeling. And no, and it, and it really is those kind of life-changing moments, isn't it? And, you know, the... The, I think I was well I still am a Liverpool fan the Liverpool shirt that I gave to this little kid in the in the playground in the township I mean oh my god his little face and you know we kept in touch for years literally just for one shirt you know and never once never once asked me for money never once you know with, with nothing like that but it is those how do we empower people to to um, experience that feeling and then kind of grow with that and, and let it become part of your daily mantra in terms of, of, of what you do. So um, listen, I'm, I'm really conscious we've been, we've been nattering now for sort of over the 45 minutes, um, but just to kind of wrap it up, I guess if there's any information you'd like the listeners to go and check out, um, do you have you know, the websites or information? Please tell the listeners how they can get involved. 
Well, we've just we've just launched the campaign, and the campaign is to build our first 100 founding members. Um, so you can find that if you go to ifundwomen.com, um, you should be able to find a search bar. And if you put in women who do wonders international in that search bar, um, our campaign will come up. Uh, and we have all different ways that you can either contribute to the campaign or, or simply just log in to become one of our founding members. And then you'll automatically be in our first 100 conference. Um, and then, you know, that's our advisors, our founders, our corporate partners and NGOs will all be involved in that first 100. So um, please go on and, and uh, visit our campaign. You can hear a lot, but, well, you can see our video um, for the campaign and then read all about uh, what we're doing, so. Amazing. Yeah, and the women who do wonders.org, is that right? Yeah, so it is. Um, it should actually launch the the women who do wonders.org will launch on Friday. So that will be our main uh, page because the actual platform is completely being built. Um, the app, the platform, everything's being built. Um, but the landing page will be up by Friday uh, and then we'll have more information on the landing page. But for the time being, um, certainly you can visit Icon uh, Women as well. And I'll put some information when, when this goes out anyway in, into the text um, and, and share on social. So listen, ladies, it's been absolutely fabulous to have you on and, you know, some really deep and meaningful conversations. But but equally, um, there's a wonderful feeling and vibe to, to what you're doing. And I genuinely wish you both the very best of success. Um, Good luck with the house moving in, uh, Pamela. I know you're kind of, you've had the movers in and, and Alana, obviously you've not long moved to California. So love to Dean and the family as well. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll get you back on again, hopefully in about six months and we'll see where the journey's taken us. Absolutely. Thank you, Rona. I really appreciate you having us on here. Thank you're you. very welcome. Thank you, ladies. Thank you. So that's it. You've made it. The show's over. Thank you for being with us. I hope you've been able to take something away, maybe solve a problem, or just know you're not alone. Here's hoping it made you smile with a few laughs along the way. Please feel free to find me on all social media channels, and you can subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search the Rona Morale podcast. Have an awesome day, and see you next time. <laughs>